0: Mentors are very, very important, especially for people from like my background who, like my parents only have sixth grade education. You know, taking the time to encourage someone, it really does make a difference. And my life has changed because
1: of that. Hello, everyone. I'm Angela Rosa DiDonato. And I'm Marion Leary. And you're listening to Amplify Nursing a Penn Nursing podcast, supported by the Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Amplify Nursing features nurses who are leading the way in science, policy,
2: and innovation. Our guests defy stereotypes, define practice, and disrupt convention. We highlight the breadth and depth of nursing influence on society by amplifying nurses who are pushing boundaries and breaking down barriers to build a new paradigm. This week on Amplify Nursing, we speak with Dr. Roxana Chicas. Currently a researcher at Emory University, Dr. Chicas focuses on the health of migrant farm workers. In this episode, she speaks candidly about her experiences as an immigrant in nursing, the importance of mentorship, and the profound effect nurses can have on the health and well being of vulnerable populations.
1: So, well, Roxana, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us today.
0: Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here.
1: Would you mind um, giving us an introduction? Can you tell us who you are and what you're up to?
0: So, my name is Roxana Chicas. I'm a doctoral student at the School of Nursing at Emory University. Um, my research focuses on um, looking at interventions to protect agricultural workers while they're working in the heat. Um, as we know, uh, heat is the number one weather killer. Um, And many of our agricultural workers are uh, suffering heat-related illness and have a higher rate of uh, heat-related mortality than the general workforce. And so with climate change, um, things are just going to get worse unless we start implementing some type of adaptation, cooling uh, methods for them to be safe.
1: That's fantastic. So can you tell us how did you get into nursing and how do you think that nurses can contribute to helping with this problem?
0: Sure. So I got into nursing pretty late. Um, I was uh, 27, I believe, when I went to nursing school. And I I went to nursing school because I was told by a pediatrician I could be a nurse. I I came to the United States when I was four years old with my mother, uh, much like many other immigrants uh, who come here looking for a better life, job opportunities, a place where I could be safe. Um, And so we came to the United States, made that long journey. I lived in Georgia 14 years. Uh, And then when I turned 18, I um, was granted uh, TPS, which is Temporary Protected Status. Previously, I was undocumented. So being undocumented and then having some type of protection, uh, I could notice the difference in, um, for example, you know, access to health care. I witnessed how my community that was undocumented had lots of trouble accessing health care and having someone advocate for them. Um, Oftentimes they didn't even know where to go, um, what to do. And so I ended up... um, being somewhat like the community um, interpreter uh, for several okay. <laughs> adults as a as a child and uh, and adolescent, and so but I I never thought that I could be a professional. I always just thought you know I just need to get a really good job, and my parents would also encourage me get a good job where your employer will love you, and so I started working at a. Uh, at a restaurant actually And I hated it And then one day This was back when we had newspapers I decided that I was just going to circle every Ad that said Bilingual needed, willing to train So I ended right, up getting okay. a job at a chiropractic or At a chiropractic office um, And I worked there for two years And I started seeing there You know, a lot of uh, the construction workers, some agricultural workers who had previously worked in agriculture who had lots of uh, musculoskeletal issues. Um, so that started intriguing me more occupational health. And then I moved to um, a pediatric office and worked there for about eight years and got to really ask lots of questions. And so the doctors were always very encouraging. But I also became, I worked in insurance and billing and so, uh, some of the two of the pediatricians there were also nephrologists. So I ended up tr- uh, interpreting for the patients because we didn't have like a language line. We didn't have a fish- like an official interpreter. Um, and since these were children, uh, sometimes like the children w- would be the interpreter. So I just started doing it, and I really uh, enjoyed it. And then I noticed that when I would have to try to get, you know, an, a prior authorization from the insurance company, they'd, they'd ask so many questions, and I found that I couldn't really advocate or get something approved because I didn't know, you know, enough of, um, like, the pathophysiologies of diseases, so I would have to go ask the doctor. And right. I thought that I could become a medical assistant, Um and that's when one of the pediatricians um, in between patients uh, saw me and stopped and asked me, I, you know, said, I hear you're going to go to school to be a medical assistant. Is that right? And so I was super happy because I was really proud. I'm like, yes, because <laughs> I hadn't gone to college um, all that time. Right. So he said, why, why would you go to school to be a medical assistant when you could be a nurse? And I thought, like, you know, he doesn't, he, does he know he's talking to me, Roxana? And so I, what I said to him was, <laughs> I, I felt like I needed to remind him. I'm like, Dr. Reisman, but nurses are very, very smart. And he said, yes, because they go to school and they study and they learn. And so it kind of just came out of me. And I said to him, you think that I could be a nurse? And he said, yes. Just go to Georgia Perimeter College They have an associate's degree there And so the, like I, I took that very literally I only went to Georgia Perimeter College And applied there uh, And my my dream was to become a charge nurse <laughs> That was it Like okay. I didn't That's really know much more Like I didn't know more about uh, Like the different pathways that they are uh, In nursing of different like careers And areas Right I just knew, like, charge nurse. And I think that, uh, you know, witnessing my community's um, lack of access to healthcare, and also working in a pediatrician's office where I was using my my uh, you know, bilingual skills to interpret and also, like, advocate with insurance companies and then realizing that there was a gap there that I needed more knowledge and really importantly, having someone that I admire tell me that I could um, – be a nurse really just kind of like pushed me, and, and I like telling this story because I think uh, mentors are very, very important, especially for uh, you know people from like my background who like my parents only have sixth grade education. You know, taking the time to encourage someone it really does make a difference, and my life has changed because of that. And um, and, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to change or uh, make a difference in the nursing field by, you know, bringing more diversity, a different point of view, understanding my, you know, the culture that I come from and the background. And I just think that, you know, the more diverse nurses come, like the more powerful we'll be.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that the more diverse the perspective that we have, the greater range we have to tackle. Different problems and come up with better solutions. I never considered how difficult it is to deliver healthcare to people who don't speak the language until I actually went to another country on a medical mission and you can't speak to anyone. Uh, and it, it's incredibly humbling and it's incredibly difficult to try and engage with people in that, especially in the healthcare. Um, area because it's so important that you have really accurate information and the things get getting lost in translation can be catastrophic
0: being a nurse i think that we are you know we spend more time with patients and we get to know them and i think for me it's always a wonderful experience to see how much we actually have in common how much you know we all just want to be Healthy, you know, parents just want want their children to be well, and like it it, it just crosses uh, borders and ethnicities and language barriers. Also, you know, being able to empathize and with the patient, and being able to be there during you know uh, really some really hard times um, that some families go through. I think shows you how human we are, which I feel like we currently kind of forget that, (laughs) that we're all humans. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I I totally agree. It's, Marion and I have often discussed the importance of a a human-centric approach to our patients and also the profession. So how, in your journey through nursing, I noticed that you focus on your strengths and where you can really fill a gap. How did you find coming into the nursing profession that you were received um, coming from a completely different background than probably many of your peers?
0: Yeah, I would say overall, um, it's been a very positive experience. You know, in my associate's degree, um, it was a very diverse um, group of students. And then when I came to Emory, um, it's much less diverse. But they're working to be, you know, to be more diverse. And so I remember uh, the first day in class at Emory University uh, because I, I had my uh, associate's degree, and Emory th- recruited me to to get my bachelor's. And I was the first day in in class, and into this huge room and auditorium, and I just see this, like, sea of, like, these young, you know, Caucasian women, blonde hair, just blue eyes, you know, like they were talking about how they had gone to, you know, Dubai for the the um, the winter break or, you know, all these exotic places that uh-huh. I couldn't go to because, you know, I, I can't travel outside of the country. And uh-huh. then, you know, and there I am sitting there uh, and I was actually pregnant. I was like six, six months pregnant and I thought and of course like the the brown girl is the pregnant girl in class <laughs> um, and, and just feeling kind of like out of place and then yeah. but for the most part most you know everybody seems to be um, warm and welcoming I, uh, I do think that once I got into the doctoral program I could see um, gaps uh, between, like, my education and some of the other doctoral students. Like, they just had, and maybe not education, but they just had, like, it seemed like more, like, experience or knew all this different terminology. Like, I remember one of my assignments was to do an annotated bibliography. And okay. I kept calling it uh, anointed bibliography an anointed <laughs> um and so sometimes i think we just have to be vulnerable especially like you know first generation students and and you know in a doctoral program like i have found it that it's just easier for me to be vulnerable and like this is what i know and that's the only way that uh, you know the professors are going to be able to teach me or kind of tailor or the way that they teach me by knowing exactly what i don't know instead of kind of of like baking it, <laughs> which just saying yes, yes, yes.
1: Right. I don't that know if that makes, made sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, it doesn't. There, it's cultural context, right? If you're mm-hmm. if you're talking about going to school with people who have, you know, had a much different experience, they're more familiar with the academic terminology. Right. What would you say to other first generation students who are worried about going into programs? I would say go for it and be honest uh,
0: and, and so you, you know mentors uh, and mentees they each have a responsibility and I feel that you know mentors responsibility is partly you know getting to know their mentee and um, again like tailoring how they teach us uh, what you know knowing what we need but the only way that they'll know what we need is if we talk to them and tell them what we need. So, for example, the first time that I met with my mentor, who's the dean of the school of nursing, I, you know, the one thing that I constantly hear is um, in a doctoral program when you when you uh, when you're applying, you get in is like, "What's your question? What's your question?" And I didn't have a question. I just knew I wanted right. to research like to do research with the Latino population. But some of my peers, they just seemed like so well put together, like they had a question and I didn't. And so my mentor at at the first meeting told me that she didn't expect me to have a question because that's something we were gonna learn how to do and that with time I would, you know, develop a question. And so that really took a lot of the stress away and then she asked me at, at the end of like my first year that I needed to start writing my proposal. And I told her, well, yeah, I'm happy to write a proposal, but I don't even know what that looks like. And she said, oh my, I'm gonna have to hold your hand very tight. <laughs> and, um, and, so <laughs> and so she did. And you know, like I, I've won like, uh, because at that time, I had TPS status, you know, uh, I was barred from um, submitting, like, an F31 NIH funding, so I had to get funding through, like, all these small grants. So uh, I got funded from, like, four different grants to do my uh, my, my my study. I would say to first-generation college um, students and doctoral students to not, to not worry too much about the future, that I, I feel like our job – really is to just try to do our best every day so that when those opportunities come, we like, we're ready to try to take advantage of them and like go for them. Because I didn't know, you know, where this funding was going to come from. I, I just knew that I needed to write a proposal.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes the leaf of faith is is really just what you need to get you through those parts.
0: No, yeah. I was just going to say, and also, you know, having time for family
1: is very important. Yes, definitely is for sure. So what are your um, plans after you finish the PhD program? What is it that you wanna do? Um,
0: I would like to stay teaching. Um, I'm planning on submitting for an F32, which again, you know, ignorance is kind of bliss uh, because I'm actually writing my dissertation right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the Dean said, you know, you should really try to get an F32. Um, I'm supposed to defend in April, March, April. And F32s go in like April 8th And I just say yes, okay, I'll start working on it And apparently today I found out that that's like insane to try to do both things at the same time <laughs> Like when you don't know, you just don't know Like you. Just... So I've already said yes, I've already committed and right. I'm already taking steps to do it So it's going to get done And um, I plan on staying at Emory Um, I love teaching, I love doing uh, work, research with agricultural workers. For me, like, I feel like I stand um, on top of a a lot of uh, shoulders of immigrant workers who come here and who are often so marginalized and, you know, every day, every single day, every one of us who eats, right, like every day, we all benefit from immigrant workers, from undocumented labor uh, every time that we eat. And I don't think a lot of people really think about that when they're eating. Um, And I think it's important that, you know, I give back to my um, community um, and also help push the nursing profession forward that, you know, I think oftentimes we try to be pigeonholed into one thing what you know what what's expected but i think nurses you know see things very holistically and this research allows me to do that and i'm also very much interested in policy how to you know hopefully show some you know have have robust uh, studies that can hopefully influence policy to try to improve the working conditions of agricultural workers but also outside workers many of whom you know there are no heat protection Uh, federal heat protection standards and that's not good
1: (laughs) right so what what would a federal heat protection uh, standard look like like what does that mean to people um
0: yeah so right now um people who work outside like for example agricultural workers there's no like that um rule that says okay so once once the temperatures reach 85 workers need to take 10 minute breaks every hour Right, so workers are, are always, they don't take breaks. I mean, this, the studies are very clear that they don't take breaks, um, one, because sometimes there are no bathrooms. There's no porta-potties available. Two, um, they make very little money, and um, if they're working by the piece rate, you know, time really is money, so they push themselves to be able to pick as much as they can. Um, right and so they'll like push their bodies even though it's very very hot workers employee employers are not um required to uh, provide you know basic things like water uh, shade there's a huge campaign a water rest shade but it's just a campaign it's just recommendations it's not actual labor protections and that's really needed with agricultural workers and so you know other things are um Personal uh, cooling equipment, uh, which is what my dissertation focuses on, and really having more accountability uh, and enforcement for employers who violate, you know, certain rules. I mean, its I don't think having, you know, a rule that says workers should have 10-minute breaks after a certain temperature is over the top <laughs> right. I think it's something very basic that every human being needs especially working outside and I think that not having those protections places kind of shows the lack of interest that we've had in protecting some of our our, our most vulnerable uh, populations and how industry keeps winning um, yeah. at the cost of our health
1: right yeah it's a, it's a definitely an uphill battle for sure so do you think that the profession of nursing has a responsibility to social justice causes such as these and um to help push regulations and policies like you're suggesting forward to help the the workers
0: yes absolutely and i tell you like one of the things that i'm so excited about is to see uh congresswoman underwood a nurse uh that can really capture like you know uh, things that other, you know, a, you know, a lawyer or a businessman c- cannot capture, right? Like she, and when I've watched her kind of do some questioning, like she she does a phenomenal job, and it's because she's like I mean, partly because she's a nurse, mm-hmm. um, and can really advocate and can understand the science. And this, you know, we can protect workers, we can protect, uh, give healthcare. Uh, we can do it. We just need to like make the decision to do it. And I think nurses are um, can really make that bridge and help push policies forward that will protect us all.
1: I agree. What do you think that nurses can do to get involved and help? I really think that, um, for one,
0: I think we need to start reaching out more into the community to uh, promote nursing because, uh, you know, f- especially for minorities i don't think it's um i I, you know i think we need to be more proactive go into the community i mean that's one of the reasons i got into uh emory and like research is because of a program called bridge to the baccalaureate that wanted to increase um minor the aim was to increase minority nurse uh, nursing students into nursing and and I think that's one thing. Secondly, really push forward or continue our education um, and start speaking up, um, not just at hospitals, but actually going out and voting and uh, talking to the communities. You know, meeting with legislators, uh, really, you know, playing an active part and being engaged with um, with civil life. With you know, like. <laughs> Being aware of of what's going on in our country, Um, Mm -hmm. and um, and and I think that um, you know doing research and really you know thinking about how your research can really how can you use your research to really push policy, Um, not just doing research and moving on to the next, but like how is it how can it influence policy and how can we get to the policymakers to start listening to us and being more visible. I think that's why I try to share my story because you don't really see, you know, many stories about nurses, and I think we're cool, and I think we need to start uh, being more visible in public life and having journalists come to us to ask us, you know, what our expert opinion is on certain issues.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think it's important that we, as a profession, put ourselves in the position to let people know that we're experts in things. Um, I feel right. overall, as a profession, we tend to sort of step back and let other, people's, let other people be the experts. And uh, that's been to the detriment of the profession. But moving forward, I feel very inspired in what the nursing profession, what the nursing community is doing now. So, um, and I I feel like they, you know, the nursing as a profession is, is doing the things that you are, or at least moving in the direction of, of the things that you're talking about, of being the voice, of being the advocate and of pushing forward. Well, thank you so much for um, agreeing to speak with us today. This was a fantastic conversation. Um, We wish you a lot of luck on your dissertation and thank you for taking the time out of putting together your dissertation and writing a grant to speak with us because 30 minutes is a really long time when you have both of those things going on.
0: Yes, but it's (laughs) fun. We all have to make time for things that are fun and fulfilling and hopefully, you know, someone will listen to this and maybe be inspired.
1: I'm I'm sure they will. Well, thank you, Roxana. It was lovely to speak with you, um, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Hello, Marion. Hey, Angela. How's it going? It's amazing. So we just had a very inspiring conversation with Roxana Chicas, who is a doctoral student at Emory University. She is a first-generation immigrant doctoral student, which is a really important and very powerful part of her story.
2: Yeah, totally. She embodies the exact reason why we need to encourage and increase diversity, not only in nursing, but in all professions. People bring this wealth of experience that most of us can't even imagine. And the amount of persistence and humbleness and humility it takes to be a first-generation immigrant student going into these universities, like she was saying, being the only Brown student in the class and then being pregnant on top of it and feeling out of place is not okay. And the more that nursing students can see themselves represented in this profession at all levels, the better
1: this profession will be. I I wholeheartedly agree. The amount of change that we could make with the knowledge that comes from these different groups of people who don't typically have a voice. And we have the perfect platform to, to help with that. Yeah, I totally
2: agree. And I hope everybody who listened to this is as inspired as we are, and really thinks about this when they're looking at student applications at all levels. And encouraging your colleagues to do the same thing, to really enhance the diversity and representation of who we're admitting into nursing schools, who we're giving positions to, and who we're promoting at all
1: levels. Amplify Nursing is hosted by Dr. Angela Rosa DiDonato and Marion Leary, and produced by the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing with special thanks to our Department of Information Technology Services for their assistance. Music for the podcast was created by Harper Leary. The podcast is made possible by the Krista and Rich Panola Fund for Innovation in Nursing. Follow us on Twitter at PennNursing. Until next
2: time, keep pushing over, under, around, and through. We wanna thank you for listening to the Amplify Nursing Podcast. And remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast listening. And if you can, please do us a solid and rate and review us as well. It will go a long way in amplifying our episodes.